Maybe if I were stronger, I would have. Gary Hoffman. He called me at my desk at lunchtime and asked me, uh, was I free for dinner? Shannon Farron. I was supposed to take her out to dinner that night. Gary and Shannon. There is no fuzz on that. remember that <laughs> news event. What was that in regards to? I think that was a... Uh, man, I don't remember. Was that him testifying before Congress? Who? James Comey. That was James Comey. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. Well, he was sitting right here, wasn't he? No. No, we had he him was, on the we phone. We had him on the phone. Yeah. I feel like he was sitting here. He's it, a very tall man. It, I guess I would have recognized that part of it. Uh, tomorrow, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk to work. I think it's for some reason these last two days have been the most horrific traffic days. You got to plan ahead, Gary. And nothing even like great. Yesterday it was just work crews. Literally, there were three work crews strategically placed to make me the latest person in the building. Got to plan ahead. And pack your patience. Then this morning it was three accidents. All fender benders and all people who are idiots and don't know when you get into a crash in the middle of lane three. You got to get out of the way. You're on I-5. You're not on, like, Ventura Boulevard. You're on I-5. Routinely, this happens on my way home. And I want to roll down the window and scream, Pull over! There's not enough damage to your damn vehicle for you to be in the number two lane right now. There's not enough damage. Do you know how many people are trying to get home? But I don't want to be the guy. Do you know I'm trying to get home? (laughs) I don't want to be the guy that's yelling at strangers out of my window. Uh, We have some things coming up in Swamp Watch. Uh, I have yet another love letter I have to write because... Your team is getting... I don't know what Eviscerated. I was thinking. Except I liked Jay Inslee when he was a congressman up in Washington State. I remember covering him and covering his events. He was always a nice guy. He's a nice guy, but he's weak stream. Jay Inslee's out. And I don't know if this had anything to do with it, but at the same he ran his campaign on environmentalism. Bernie Sanders is out with a new sixteen trillion with a T, sixteen trillion dollar Green New Deal. Santa Claus has decided that we're going to go all green at this point. What is the federal deficit again? What did we say? It was trillion? approaching uh, 900, 900 billion or something. Yeah, like one, that. one yeah. trillion, I think, is where it's nearing. Yeah. So we're going to, uh, okay. All right. That makes real financial sense. Uh, a massive law enforcement presence today, this morning, in the South Bay and downtown L.A. This is connected to an indictment that was unsealed, charging 80 people with participating in a conspiracy to steal millions of dollars through fraud, fraud schemes, and laundering the funds through an L.A.-based network. Most of the defendants are Nigerian citizens. Prosecutors say these schemes involved frauds involving compromise of business email, romance scams, uh, schemes targeting the elderly. Some victims, they say, lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. So the the Nigerian prince thing? Yeah, the whole I'm in Nigeria and I need your money. That actually works on some people, you guys. (laughs) I know. It's terrifying. Uh, all right, here we go in Lancaster. There is a uh, a shooter that is still at large, according to the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. A sheriff's deputy in a station parking lot in Lancaster uh, ran back into the uh, station yesterday afternoon and said that he had been shot. And that prompted a massive, massive law enforcement response to the area right around uh, Sierra Highway and is it Main Street, I think, right where that is. Um, the odd part is that a, right above, I guess you could say, just north of the Sheriff's Department property there is a four-story apartment complex 
that has some of the windows looking out over what is usually a gated, fenced-in parking lot for the deputies. This seems odd to me. I've got to believe if they knew the building that the shot came from, that they would come up with somebody by the end of the day, that they would have no problem figuring out who that was, where it came from through interviews or evidence discovered in the rooms or what have you. There was a couple there were a couple people they said that they took into custody. They weren't arrested, but they said that they uh, interviewed some of the people from that building that uh, would probably be the only location, I guess, that you could peel a shot off like that at somebody who was walking to their car in the parking lot. Here's the uh, the mayor of Lancaster. He's walking out of the sheriff's station and a sniper took a shot at him. That's what happened. It is incomprehensible that that sort of thing is happening in our city. No, it's incomprehensible that you wouldn't have caught the guy. It just seems odd to me. Yeah. Uh, you know the building it came from. You're there like that right away. Well, that's because that's where all the deputies are. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, how would you not end up with someone if somebody took a shot, a sniper took a shot the right across old, the street from the sheriff's department. The 21-year-old deputy um, suffered a graze wound to his shoulder and had to be taken to the hospital since released and expected to recover. Doing great, according to the sheriff's captain, Todd Weber. Sounds minor. He's been treated. He's doing well, and he's in very high spirits. The sheriff's department said this gunfire came at a considerable distance. Hmm. And it's unusual because... They're saying it's unclear how many shots were fired. Uh, the shooter fired a high-velocity rifle round that hit the 21-year-old deputy, Angel Reynosa. Again, this is all from the sheriff's department. They said that he originally made a radio call from the helipad, which is just in the middle of the parking lot out there, uh, at about 2.53. He said two shots had been fired north of the helipad from the nearby apartment building. Again, this is what the, the deputy said. He was able to scram back. Scramble back into the station and get some help. Two shots fired. What That's did, what he what, said. What did, did they find the other shell or, or did they find any shells at all? Or I mean, just seems if they're right there, they search the building where the shots came from, there would be more to go on here. Well, this is not in the middle of nowhere. I know that there's going to be a joke if you live somewhere in Pacoima, you're going to say, oh, Lancaster's in the middle of nothing. Yeah, but... There's plenty of people around that area that no one else saw something or heard something or. And how would the deputy know that there were two shots fired if. If one of them hit him and it was at a considerable distance. Seems odd to me. There's something weird about this. Uh, If there is a news conference from the uh, sheriff, who, by the way, is already embattled, uh, is already fighting an uphill battle against the uh, county board of supervisors. Uh, I think we'll take that today because this is this yeah. has intrigued me that there is there's just some weirdness about this story. Yeah, the fact that there's somebody that took a shot at a deputy from across the street of the sheriff's station and they weren't able to capture this person. It just doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't make sense. All right. We'll All keep right. an eye on that. Uh, the other big story locally that we found out about yesterday afternoon after our show ended was the situation in Long Beach. Police in Long Beach say they were able to stop a possible mass shooting. We'll tell you all the details when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. This is why 
I'm not a parent. I know. Because I go from zero to five hundred over this stuff. You should come up and watch a. You should come up and watch a match. I would love to. Uh, there's one today. It's going to be the, de- the debut of the announcing today. So, back at the old, uh, <clears throat> the old game. Um, we've been telling you, and we'll keep an eye on this story again. Uh, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department says a sniper is still at large after an L.A. Sheriff's deputy was shot. At the, in the parking lot at the Lancaster station. And we mentioned that uh, if the sheriff does come out and say anything about this or has any sort of news conference from Lancaster station, we'll bring you that. Also, uh, tonight, we know there's an event because the latest, um, I think it's the latest academy class is scheduled to graduate tonight. Yep. Academy class number 439. 6 p.m. The fight between us and Denmark that began with... Uh, the Danes saying that Donald Trump's overtures about buying Greenland was absurd. Uh, the fight has escalated. A former Danish prime minister today lashed out at the president for a tweet about military spending, saying defense willingness is not just about the amount of money spent. And many Danish soldiers have died serving in Afghanistan. Trump had complained that Denmark only spends 1.35 percent of its GDP on defense. Brian Suits is going to join us coming up next to talk about this entire fiasco. What about Greenland? What about Greenland? Police in Long Beach say they have thwarted what was going to be a mass shooting this week. They arrested a hotel cook, said that he had uh, threatened to carry out violence at his workplace. Long Beach Marriott is where he worked, and he was taken into custody at his home in Huntington Beach. When he was taken into custody, officers found several High-powered firearms, including an assault rifle, 38 high-capacity magazines, and hundreds of rounds of ammunition. Police say that this guy told a co-worker on Monday that he planned to go into work and shoot everybody he saw at the hotel. He was apparently angry about a human resources issue. So he told the co-worker that on Monday, and then Tuesday is when they took him in. Uh, it seems like a little bit of a delay there. Yeah. Uh, but still, I would much rather do dozens of these stories yes. of people uh, who have complained about whatever injustices they think a society has put upon them, and they're going to take it out on somebody violently or some many people violently, having them picked up and talked to rather than dealing with the aftermath of this. Um, the And from what we I think it was Monday we talked about the three cases. Yes. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, there were some arrests. There were other arrests later on. There was a graphic I saw, I believe it was on CNN or Fox last night, that said there have been two dozen similar instances where people have threatened violence, and it's not just a threat. They threatened violence. They had the weapons to do so. They had some sort of a plan or an explicit a detailed idea of what it is that they were going to do, and then they got caught. So this isn't just somebody randomly espousing violence. They had all of the ingredients that would have been necessary to actually take out, uh, perpetrate one of these attacks. Investigators are not sure how he obtained the weapons. They said a preliminary investigation indicated he did not have a criminal history that would prevent him from legally owning firearms, but... Added that in most cases, assault rifles and high-capacity magazines were illegal for anyone to possess in California. So detectives are looking into every possibility, including whether he purchased the assault rifle from out of state or bought the weapon legally and modified it. Yeah, and the thing is, they're not – I don't know how much they can – 
how much they can charge him with when it comes to the threat version of all of this, but it's the weapons that are going to be the things that get him in trouble for the most part because they've charged him with things like um, they've charged him with manufacturing and distributing assault weapons, possession of an assault weapon, and making a criminal threat. So those are the things that they got him on. The criminal threat thing, I think, is probably the one that's most wobbly because, you know, you as defense attorney have said many things like, uh, you know, your defense of, well, he's just uh, got an overactive imagination. Exactly. Violent tendencies, but has no criminal record and, and no record of any violence at all. And it's his word against the co-worker's right. uh, word. So I would argue as the defense attorney that these two have not gotten along for a long time and that the co-worker is just looking for a way to get my client in trouble. And he made up the entire conversation. And sure, my client is a firearms enthusiast, but he would never think of harming anybody at his workplace. Enthusiast. I and, and I think we need to pay more attention to and give more kudos to the coworker who goes to management, yes. management who doesn't sit on it, management who contacts law enforcement, and then law enforcement who acts on these things. That's Those are the things that we need to spend more time talking about, talking positively about, as opposed to things like, Oh, gosh, let's look into this guy's history and uh, determine whether or not his parents were the ones who were responsible or what sort of video games the guy played. That That's not – we're wasting time on that stuff. Let's talk about the good people in this scenario, the good people who saw something or heard something and said something as a result of it. It's almost criminally negligent if you don't at this point because right? we've seen all of these active shooters. Uh, we've seen them – in, in in the post-mortem uh, of these things, we've learned that they've talked to people about their desire for this, whether it's online or in a video game chat room or to somebody in the family. So we got to report this stuff. Yep. All right, coming up next, Greenland. Absurd. Just absurd. <laughs> That's absurd. All. Absurd. Uh, Brian Suits is going to join us. We'll talk more about the actual strategic necessity, the the strategic benefit to uh, maybe a, a purchase of Greenland, whether or not the Danes like it. Also, it's Brian Suits' birthday. It so is? Go ahead and wish him the best on Twitter at Dark Secret Place. We should give him a taco unicorn. We did. Oh, the farting one? Yeah. That's the nicest thing he's ever gotten. Gary and Shannon. Telling you about the uh, dozens of arrests in this uh, international cyber fraud and money laundering scheme. The U.S. Attorney's Office held a news conference just about an hour ago. We'll talk more about it uh, next hour, I think. But uh, talking about 80 people, mostly from uh, mostly here in the United States and in Nigeria, allegedly All involved in Nigerian this princes. All every single one of them. <laughs> I didn't realize there were 80 of them, but um, and they they're all loaded. Because I got an email the other day. It said he's loaded. He just needs like couple hundred thousand seed money and then we could you know do like scrooge mcduck and just dive into our gold doubloons yes um something to keep in mind if you're in culver city they're shooting a movie there near jefferson and slauson that involves simulated gunfire so they'll be shooting all day until 10 p.m just heads up what can go wrong (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing 
Nothing could go wrong. Well, we've had this question for some time now. What about Greenland? What about Greenland? Brian Suits, host of Dark Secret Place and Super Hyper Local Sundays here on KFI on the weekends, uh, is joining us to talk about this. We talked last week, I think, about the importance, the strategic importance of what Greenland could potentially be for the United States. But it already we already have a foothold there in terms of military presence and, and eyes on the skies. Yeah, in, in a de facto sense, the United States has basically owned Greenland since 1943 because the, the Danish government in exile gave the U.S. and Canada, or the Dominion of Canada at the time, uh, implicit permission to, to do whatever we wanted to do, make airfields, for, to ferry aircraft to Britain, uh, diversion airfields, also uh, anti-submarine patrols and all that. Uh, and so the, throughout the, that, that only was buttressed. It was only reinforced during the Cold War, where we literally forward deployed nuclear weapons to Greenland with the Danish government's uh, permission. But they're a quiet ascent, uh, as, it, uh, as, as it were. So it is, it's kind of dumb. It's like, it's like you share a gigantic field with your neighbor and you have complete use of it. And you you built a baseball diamond uh, and a barbecue pit, and you park your cars there. And then one day you say, "Hey, can I buy it from you?" It's it's sort of we, we like I say we have de facto administration over what we would need as it is. Except for the fact that in this giant yard you share with your neighbor, uh, other people from other neighborhoods can come and share your yard as well. Like the Chinese building the airports that they announced last <clears throat> year. What yeah. do you make of that? Yeah, well, they can build all of them they want. You know, what are they going to do? Pick them up and take them home? I mean, they, you know, they get to develop whatever they want, but they're, they're not going to um, mail chicken block NATO. You know, this is basically a gigantic NATO forward base. And, and, and yeah, in a, again, a de facto sense, NATO is the United States. But, but the Danes are, are one of the original signatories, and they've effectively given the use of Greenland over to the U.S. and Canada primarily um, for forward basing. So the, the Chinese are doing this all over the world. They're, they're currying favor with the local corrupt officials by dumping money on them. I worked as, as a private military contractor. I, I built a counter-piracy training site in Djibouti, right? So you go back on Google Earth to 2012, and you can see what I did. <clears throat> a year later, the Chinese came in and built their first foreign military base in 5,000 years of civilization. They bulldozed over what the State Department paid. The company I worked for, the State Department gave us $25 million bucks <clears throat> to build a $25,000 set of connexes. And the Chinese sounds about right. Yeah, hello. <laughs> um, and so the uh, the Chinese came in a year later, showered Djibouti with money, and and got their first foreign military base. And so they do this. So they're they're never going to uh, bulldoze over Thule. Thule, Greenland is a strategic base for the United States, for the Canadian, for the Brits, uh, and all that. But but uh, yeah, China is they'll employ people in curry favor. But but Greenland. Uh, is uh, you know a, a, a Danish province, and it is part of NATO, and it always will be. We just don't need to pay for it. Is the bottom line. You know, I uh, I'm reading this headline from the New York Times, and I'm thinking about what the president said yesterday about the New York Times and how it's lost a failing respect and and all that. And absurd. I mean, I kind of agree with him on that. Here's the headline from the New York Times: Trump's interest in buying Greenland seemed like a joke. Seem like something right out of the out of the onion. You're the New York Times. Shouldn't you know the strategic gems that 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 would yeah. that, that Greenland has in the the natural uh, 
you know, resources and all that. Yeah. And, and, and don't you know the history of people's thinking about the possibility of acquiring and, Greenland? And of course, you know, Trump in his Trumpian, unartful way, just throwing it out. So, oh, we should buy Greenland. It'll be the most green land of all time. <laughs> and then the, the Danish prime minister, you know, she comes out and she used the wrong word. Absurd. Um, yeah. You know, and, and so that that so now it's a, uh, it's a separate uh, controversy or, or non-troversy, as, as, as I coined. And um, but for, for what's funny is seeing the media, MSNBC, and everybody around within grenade range of Joe Scarborough um, and the New York Times belittling the entire idea. And it's like, right. are you not aware that that we have had thousands of Americans physically on the ground in Greenland right. more than any royal Danish military person has, has, has been there um, and that they've effectively given over a strategic uh, interest to us. It's and, and and because the climate is always changing, um, it, you know the ice sheets are receding, um, and so uh, northern passage. You know, right now the the Russians, the Canadians, um, and and in fact the Danes are militarizing the North Pole pretty heavily. The Russians have an arms race going up there. The Canadians are absolutely freaked out. Uh, because this is a reality. There's going to be a faster shipping route, and it's therefore going to be strategic. So, yeah, Greenland is suddenly very, very uh, strategically important. Uh, besides the fact that in risk, you only need two armies to guard it. Because some, some I mean, <laughs> duh. Um, I don't think Shannon understands and, that. And you know what? You've never played Risk? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Just two of the pieces. <clears throat> oh, okay. Um, but as the ice sheets recede in Greenland, you know what they're revealing? Ancient farms. Ancient settlement. As it turns out, the wait a Earth, minute. That, the, that means that people have been the, farming under the ice for years, the, and we didn't know it. As it turns out, the Earth was warmer in the Middle Ages, and they grew so wine grapes weird. in England, and, uh, and and all that. So, so it, it's happening again. And you know, Greenland was an important place until uh, the the middle uh, medieval warming period was over, but it's going to be important again. And um, in the next fifty to a hundred years. Uh, it'll be it'll be as crucial as the the Singapore Straits to get from the Indian Ocean to the Pacific Ocean. You go through, believe it or not, about a ten mile, twenty mile bottleneck, and and the uh, that northern route is going to be very uh, very important, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a NATO thing, and and uh, so anyway, it's, it's you know like I say, belittle it if you want, except that it doesn't obviate the fact that that Greenland is becoming more strategic. Uh, this, important. It sounds like this has just become a personality conflict totally. more than like anything. everything does. Yeah, Which because because he can't he can't just coldly objectively state a thing. It has to be personal between him. Remember when Nelson Mandela died and Obama took that selfie with David Cameron and the Danish Prime Minister, that female. Yeah, it's, it's still her. Remember oh. and, and Obama and Michelle was giving him side yeah. eye. Yeah. Remember yeah, that? Yeah. yeah, that's that's her. M- Meta. Mitte Frugenberg is is her name. By the way, uh, you won the bet. You were able to put in the uh, the title of the new Lil Wayne Cardi B single, "Showering Djibouti with Money." Yeah. So, happy birthday for that. (laughs) Yeah. Good lord. Silent D in Djibouti. (laughs) Showering Djibouti with money. And by the way, I just said put a silent D in Djibouti. Brian, thank Excuse you. Me, thank you. Happy I'll be, birthday. I'll be here all week. I'll show myself out. <laughs> Coming up next, uh, the, this Epstein death in prison is sounding even more and more like a few good men. Does anybody have a, a 20 on uh, on Hillary Clinton on that day? Because I'm telling you, I don't know. Gary and Shannon.
that sugar just went straight to my brain. Everything's louder right yes. now for some reason. <laughs> Our boss just brought in uh, birthday cake. Who doesn't eat cake before 11 a.m.? It's an issue. Jay Inslee's out, by the way. Jay Inslee, the uh, current Washington state governor, has decided he's going to drop out of the race uh, for president. Part of it is that he didn't make the debate stage next month. Um, Well, we'll talk about those debates. I'll have to give my my love letter to Jay Inslee because he dropped out. And my my team in this presidential election fantasy league choice uh, is depleted. To say the least. But then again, you've got Biden, right? It's like, uh, I don't remember. I'll have to. You check either have this. Bernie or Biden. Blake says I have Biden. Um, just the. That's whole... all you need, really. Oh, and John Hickenlooper threw his hat into the ring for Senate. Now he's decided he's going to use all of his good graces and everybody's name recognition so he can run for Senate. Uh, in the state of Colorado. Well, at least eight Bureau of Prison staffers knew that strict instructions had been given not to leave multimillionaire child rapist Jeffrey Epstein alone in his cell. Yet the order was ignored. This is so a few good men. (laughs) I can't even. A former uh, warden at the Supermax in Florence, Colorado says, it is perplexing. If people were given instructions that Epstein should not be left alone, I don't understand how they were not followed. Uh, he also, that, that same warden, was once the Bureau of Prisons' chief of internal affairs and said it's disconcerting that officials might have thought they were putting him in a less intensive form of suicide watch. Why there's levels of it, I don't quite understand. Um, I there There were so many people. We're not just talking low-level correctional officers who may fall asleep on the job or maybe they don't understand the importance of keeping an eye on this guy. But we're talking about supervisors and managers. It looks like everybody knew not to leave this guy alone, yet everybody knew to leave this guy alone for whatever was going to happen. So what's the bigger or worse conspiracy in terms of this? And one of them... I think there's two different versions of that. If eight people, for example, knew he should not be left alone in his cell. One version of it is they got instructions from somebody. Right. Leave him alone. Look the other way. Right. Leave him alone. Let him take care of himself. In public, they say, don't leave this guy alone. Here's the order. Here's the paperwork. I'm letting you know, don't leave him alone. But then a side conversation is, hey. They just wink. Yeah. Wink, wink. Now, that's one version of it, where where somebody from above says, don't leave the, uh, you know what, let him kill himself, somebody from above. The second version of it is, everybody gets around the water cooler at the old Federal Bureau of Prisons and is like, man, uh, be a, be horrible if something happened to that guy, like he got left alone and he ended up with a bed sheet around his neck, don't you think? Yeah, I hate that guy too, man. And then they but conspire the, within themselves yeah. to just allow this to happen as opposed to being instructed to allow it to happen. But they knew the importance of it, these guys. And I don't think they would hate him enough to risk their jobs over it. I think it came from above. Now, who's the person? Who is it that passed along that order to the head of the, the prison? Code, code Red. The Code Red. Who, who was that? <clears throat> I don't know because... In the in the first instance, you remember it was back in July when they thought that he might have tried to kill himself. His cellmate at the time, a notorious former cop who killed a bunch of druggies, uh, drug dealers, in his attempt to expand his own drug dealing uh, enterprise, uh, 
that guy, Nicholas Tartaglioni, ended up calling the guards in. Hey, uh, Jeff is trying to kill himself. And Epstein said, no, 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 that's not the way it didn't go down that way. He tried to kill me. Now, from that point on, regardless of what happened, you have to assume that that guy is a suicide risk. Because I don't know if they'd ever be able to prove one way or the other that the cellmate tried to kill him or he tried to kill himself. But that, from that point on, he is high risk for suicide. I have a conspiracy theory. Ready? Did this just come to you? That, okay. That it was Jeffrey Epstein who paid off the prison people to leave him alone. Not un- uh, Listen, I've, I've thought about that as well because he's got plenty yep. of money. Plenty of money. And remember, he signed his final will two days before two he killed himself. Two days before, and he had all that ample time with attorneys in the attorney-client room at the prison. Maybe he had it worked out. He told his attorney, this is what I want to do, spread some money around the prison. The suicide watch isn't working. I want to kill myself. I'm not going to go to prison for the rest of my life. So make sure you let the, the prison people know I have money squared away for them in my will, and they will get it as soon as they leave me alone and I kill myself. Right. Right. So one of these corrections officers who's getting paid eighty five thousand dollars a year, whatever it might happen, whatever it might be, he gets a cool eight hundred thousand. Yep. And can, you know, cool his heels on the Jersey Shore for a couple of months a year. And are they at will employees? Can you fire the guards or are they unfireable? Well, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's a union, but I would imagine that something as egregious as this, they would be fired. I, I assume. I, I don't know for sure. So I, I feel know. like there might be protections for them, but. That makes sense. I like my conspiracy theory. Feel good about it. <laughs> She's putting all her money behind yeah, that one. I'll take that all to Vegas. All of it on, uh, I'm going to stack 10,000 chips on the 35. Roll that ball. All right, coming up next, we had a bunch of local news happen overnight. There was the deputy in Lancaster that says somebody took a shot at him. We've got a bad hotel worker in Long Beach, who was threatening to shoot up his workplace. And all of the Nigerian princes have also been captured. Yeah, let's find one of those Nigerian prince emails, read it, and then think about who would actually buy it. Because it seems like a lot of people bought into that. Yeah. Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. KFI AM 640. There are certain stories that make me fear for the future. This one is rising to the top of the list. I just read that those Nigerian prince scams rake in 700 grand a year. There are people to the tune of 700 grand a year who believe that a Nigerian prince needs their financial help. And once they give it, they will be rewarded with much more money. I uh, That's terrifying. Well, who like you said, I mean, we need to diagnosis. We need a we need a demographics. Who's falling for that? Like are they, I, are they, is it 65 plus? Is it uh 25 minus? Like who is who is naive enough to think that that's the way that they're going to make millions of dollars? I don't it worries me. The um, the U.S. attorney and the FBI held a news conference early this morning to explain this. They unsealed a 252-count 
grand jury indictment charging 80 people in this huge conspiracy to steal millions of dollars through fraud schemes and launder the money through a network based here in Los Angeles. And according to uh, Nick Hanna at the U.S. Attorney's Office, most of these defendants apparently uh, are Nigerian. All the defendants named in the indictment are charged in a conspiracy to defraud and a conspiracy to commit money laundering. All the defendants are also charged with with, uh, aggravated identity theft, and many of the defendants face substantive fraud and money laundering counts. The uh, FBI was also involved in this. Paul Delacorte's the assistant director. In the first seven months of this year, the FBI's Internet Crime Complaint Center received nearly 14,000 complaints from victims, reporting BEC incidents with a total loss of more than $1.1 billion. Dr. Frank McAndrew is a social psychologist and a professor, and he did an interview with CNBC. And he said the reason these scams are so effective is that they present victims with a perfect storm of temptations. First of all, they play on people's greed. Many times the the scam is set up in a way where the victims are promised that they'll make a hefty financial profit without much effort. And in most successful scams, the fraudsters also prey on your desire to be a hero. So he says we get the opportunity to feel good about ourselves by helping another person in need. I am, again, the idea, though, that these people would fall for this. The the conspiracy that they talk about included frauds that involved the business email, romance scams, schemes targeting elderly people. There's their description of who's being targeted here. Victims around the United States and around the world, some of them losing Hundreds of thousands of dollars like you were talking about. Fourteen defendants arrested, most of them here in L.A. Six other defendants believed to be fugitives somewhere in the United States and others are abroad. They said mostly in Nigeria. So there is some there is some truth to it. I mean, they are Nigerian. They just might not be princes. There you go. So So they're not totally bad people. Right. I've got a Nigerian email here. This is uh, one of the latest that's been making the rounds. See if you can uh, convince me to give you how much money do you need? Or does it say it in the thing? I'll get to that. Okay, great. The subject line is request for assistance, strictly confidential. That's in all caps. Oh, okay. So it must be a secretive thing. I am Dr. Bakare Tunde, the cousin of Nigerian astronaut Air Force Major Abacha Tunde. He was the first African in space when he made a secret flight to the Salyut 6 space station in 1979. Is that true? He was later Soviet. He was later on a Soviet space flight, Soyuz T-16Z, to the secret Soviet military space station in 1989. He was stranded there in 1990 when the Soviet Union was dissolved. His other Soviet crew members returned to Earth on the Soyuz T-16Z, but his place was taken up by return cargo. There have been occasional progress supply f- uh, flights to keep him going since that time. He is in good humor, but he wants to come home. Hold on a second. There's a Nigerian astronaut in space? In the four- like currently. In the 14 years since he has been on the station, <laughs> he has accumulated flight pay and interest amounting to almost $15 million. This is held in a trust at the Lagos National Savings and Trust Association. Time out. Time out. Time out. I think I know where you're going with this. I'm to assume that... They're still paying him, but they don't have the wherewithal to go get him. If we can obtain access to this money, we can place a down payment with the Russian space authorities for a Soyuz return flight to bring him back to Earth. I am told this will cost 
$3 million American dollars. In order to access the trust fund, we need your assistant. Got it. So there's a, there's a Nigerian stranded in space. And if you pay the $3 million or something uh, of that nature, you'll have access to the $15 million. That's uh, his flight money. Flight money. It's his pay. It's been accumulated. He earned that money. I started up I've, our GoFundMe thank for him. You. Yes. I'm going to tweet the leak out soon. So Excellent. Because we, we need to help him. Blake, good idea. Use this poster that I found online. It's Bring Him Home. We and do need to do that. It's a picture of Abacha Tunde uh, <laughs> in his official space outfit and instead of just his last name on his name tag it's got the whole name it says abacha tunde because that's the way they do it you know like a brazilian soccer player whole thing that's the whole thing gotta keep it all on there i mean who believes that nigeria's gave this guy 15 million dollars to stay on the space station yeah again there's so much we're, there's- we're assuming that they're they're still socking away his money but that they don't have the wherewithal to actually go get him from space oh, that's so good and so wouldn't good. you love to know, because that that letter has been going around for some time. I found it in a couple of different places over the last few years. How much that letter has been able to generate? Who who found themselves on the verge of tears reading the story of Abacha Tunde and saying to themselves, <laughs> I am not leaving that man in space. I am not he is our brother, and he needs to come back to Earth. What would after fourteen years? What would Chuck Connors do if he got an email like that? Build a rocket and go get him. <laughs> you mean what would he do? It's a so, silly question. It was a silly question. What would Chuck Connors? All right, do? <laughs> coming up next, we will get an update on a couple local stories we have. We have a deputy who claims he was shot at, but yet. Uh, no arrest in that case, which makes absolutely no sense. Well, you know, the sheriff is very busy right now. Yeah, in a pissing match with the county board of supervisors. Yep. Can't wait to see him take the podium and explain what the hell happened yesterday. All right, we'll talk about it when we come back. Gary and Shannon. So when I said Gary and Shannon, big police presence in the South Bay and downtown this morning because of that indictment that we just told you about involving the Nigerian princess (laughs) that some victims lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think we should start that up. We need to bring Abacha Tunde home, bring him home. It's too long to be in space. It it really is. really going to start affecting his bones for a He's probably shrunk. Oh, he'd be like a little miniature guy. Poor Dr. Tunde. A new poll finds 62% of Americans disapprove of the way the president is handling his job. 36% approve. It was released today by the Associated Press. It finds that people don't like his uh, handling of immigration, health care, foreign policy, and guns. A little bit later this hour, a jury downtown is expected to read their verdict in the sanity phase of the trial for Michael Gargiulo, the guy uh, considered the Hollywood Ripper. He killed a couple of women, stabbed him to death. They have reached a verdict in the sanity phase, and they're supposed to read that verdict in about uh, 20 minutes. Oh, now. good. Then those uh, those guys will be ready to, to uh, go to the Rolling Stones concert.
What guys? Oh, the the DA is handling it. Oh. I didn't know you were worried about whether the DA was going to go to the Rolling Stones. I'm excited. I've been excited for this concert for a long time. Where is it? Big group I, of us. I've going. never, I've not, this is a blind spot for me. Rose Bowl. It was supposed to be in May, and then there, oh, that's there right. was the heart problem. That's right. Okay. And that so makes it was sense. rescheduled to this week. All right. What the hell is going on in Lancaster? We need a descript. We need a we need a good, solid, podium gripping news conference from the sheriff of Los Angeles County to explain what's going on. Well, that's what would happen if a sniper opened fire on deputies in a parking lot at a sheriff's station. We would be wall to wall with coverage of this manhunt. How the hell would this guy be able to get away? He was in the building directly across the street from the sheriff's department. They Allegedly. knew the, they knew the shots came from this building. Allegedly. They were there immediately to storm the building, interview everybody in there, search the property, search every room, and they come up with nothing. That is fishy. And then and then it's like they fell off the face of the earth. We haven't heard anything about the manhunt, and I'm using finger quotes here, that continues to go on in Lancaster. There was there were a couple things that I found weird about this uh, because number one, like you said, there doesn't appear to be any significant threat to anybody else because the uh, the looks like the sheriff's department for the most part has uh, stood down here, but that the deputy referred to two shots having been fired that they were from a far distance. But now everybody's saying that they came from the apartment building that's literally across the alleyway from the parking lot. That's not a far distance. The second thing is, how many other people reported hearing shots? I haven't seen anything about that. There wasn't like a, a flurry of 911 calls to say, I think someone's shooting. No, this is baloney, I think. I think we're going to find out that this was a, a non-event. And I don't know what that, what that points to. Is uh, the the mayor here, uh, R. Rex Paris, has come out and said he's outraged that the housing complex was placed so close to the sheriff's station. This housing complex next to the Mental Health America facility provides housing and counseling to people with mental health issues. And he said, as the mayor of Lancaster, I cannot begin to tell the people of Lancaster how sorry I am that we now live in a city that that had this occur in it. How is it possible one of our newest deputies gunned down while getting into his car? It shakes the core of everything we have. Okay, well, if that may be the case, if that's the case, you you lock the city down at some point, don't you? I mean, if you're afraid that there, if you're actually afraid that there is a sniper out there targeting law enforcement officers, the the city of Lancaster wakes up in a lockdown today, and that's not what happened. Also, locally, we found out yesterday afternoon that police arrested a guy who was planning to shoot up his job. He works at the Marriott in Long Beach. He's a cook there. And apparently he told one of his coworkers that he wanted to shoot up the place. When they track him down, they found several high-powered firearms, including an illegal assault rifle, high-capacity magazines, and hundreds of rounds of ammo and tactical gear. The police chief there in Long Beach saying this guy had clear plans, intent, and the means to carry out this act of violence that may have resulted in a mass casualty incident. Yeah, huge kudos to the employee, to the to the co-worker who heard this guy's story. Uh, also big kudos to the management for actually going to police to get him. Um, they didn't want to talk about what upset this guy. 
that what drove him to to make this statement to a coworker for some reason. But they said they still have a lot of people to interview. They're still in the middle of the investigation, and that's why they're not coming out with all of the information right now. Hmm. There's, yeah, I was going to say that the the weapons charges are what really going to bring this guy down. The criminal threats thing, I would be surprised if if they have enough, depending on what he exactly said to this coworker about um, uh, his plans. But the weapon stuff is, is probably what's going to put him in jail for a while. This is the third time this year that law enforcement has arrested someone for making significant threats of violence in Long Beach specifically. About two weeks ago, they arrested a guy who made an online threat of violence targeting a Bernie Sanders rally at Long Beach City College. He was booked for making criminal threats, threatening a public officer. And then the FBI arrested a veteran who allegedly planned to bomb a pair of rallies in Long Beach and Huntington Beach back in April. All right. uh, When we come back, there is a bill in Sacramento that would ban schools from expelling disruptive students. Could become law. Interesting arguments about this. Yeah, Uh, there's interesting takes on this because on one hand, you want kids to be punished when they act out. But on the other, you expel them and then you lose tabs on them. Right. They go down deeper down the hole of problems that eventually made them disruptive in the first place. We'll talk more about that when we come back to Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640. It's Thursday, August 22nd. We have some very weird stories coming up in uh, in our science time coming up at 1.30. There was one story I found today that said that the sounds of dogs whimpering, whining, creates a biological response in humans that's similar to when a baby cries. Interesting. Like that we are affected by it, not just that's, shut that dog up. That's true. That I it, think that's absolutely true. And I wonder if it's different because women we react to babies crying differently than men do. Just I mean, just biologically, they, they react differently. And I wonder if that's uh, if that's true with dogs. depends on gender. Yeah. Uh, oh, good news. Uh, California fishermen. Oh, the salmon. Yes. One of the best salmon fishing seasons in years. A huge reversal for the Chinook uh, king salmon helps sustain many of the Pacific Coast fishing communities, so we might see some of them salmon prices coming down a little bit. As you heard Monica say, police say a suspect has been arresting in uh, arrested excuse me, in that stabbing murder that happened in the Cal State Fullerton parking lot. A Fullerton police lieutenant told the AP that there was a suspect arrested, but they will not tell us anything else. There is a press conference set for one o'clock so we can uh, listen into that when we find out there was an administrator who was stabbed and killed 57 year old Stephen chan killed right there in his car on campus so hopefully they found out more information about what that motive was i've seen this uh this issue debated for some time and having teachers in my family my my mom in fact was a teacher and an administrator for a very long time This is an interesting issue. Starting next year, school year, 
principals and administrators might be banned from suspending students for willful defiance of teacher, staff, and administrators. It bans schools from suspending students in grades four through eight for disrupting school activities or willfully defying school authorities. Bill would also ban schools from suspending students in grades nine through 12 for the same thing. It would apply to both public and charter schools. It does put a limit on this, by the way. It does say until January 1st, 2025. So it sounds as if this is a a test, basically, to see how it impacts students. These aren't the worst of the worst kids. I mean, students could still be suspended or expelled for threatening violence, bringing a weapon or drugs to school or damaging school property. This is what we saw in the Dayton shooters background when we dug into that. The guy who shot and killed nine people, including his sister, he was expelled from high school for making a kill list of women or girls, I guess, that he wanted to kill, rape and kill. He was expelled and then brought back because he apologized to them. I guess that was the condition. You have to apologize to all the people on your kill list and we'll let you back in. Yes, part of this new bill, the superintendents, the principals and administrators, they would be asked to provide alternatives to suspension or expulsion that would be that would be age appropriate and designed to address and correct the pupils specific behavior. Now, again, this is not saying that no kid could be suspended or expelled, because even if uh, there is some uh, some willful defiance is the word they keep using. You could still suspend the pupil from class for the day and the following day if they disrupt school activities or they willfully defy valid authority of supervisors, teachers, and on and on and on. They're they're talking about the longer term. Uh, can you suspend a kid for five days for willful disobedience, that sort of a thing? One of the groups that is in favor of this bill is called the Alliance for Boys and Men of Color. And they said it would eliminate disruption, defiance as grounds for suspension for all grade levels and keep more students in schools. If it's not passed, they said, students would continue to be subject to suspension based on disruption, defiance, which means that students would be suspended from school and denied valuable learning time for anything from failing to turn in homework, not paying attention, refusing to follow directions, or swearing in class, including suspensions for just one isolated incident. Now, We've seen some of these nightmare scenario videos where kids are so incredibly defiant towards teachers that it you can't imagine doing that in your class when you were in high school. We cannot fathom it. Even the most incredible uh Whatever, the most incredible teacher that you had, and I mean that in a negative way, the, the worst teacher that you had in high school, I would never imagine willfully defying that person if I was given a direct instruction of stop talking, turn in your homework, whatever. Uh, but that's become so problematic today that there is there has to be an a bill written in the state legislature. The problem of once you kick a kid out of school... For a day or five days or whatever. It sends them further down the bad path. Yeah. Because when you call somebody a bad kid, they believe they're a bad kid and they continue to make bad decisions because that's how you've labeled them. It's a fine line with some of these kids, and I think it's got to be a case-by-case basis. Now, there is... But there should be, if, if the kid is expelled, there should be another layer there. There should be another, like, uh, you know, this kid who is so bad that he's expelled should end up on a list 
where he has to go get therapy or there has to be there, there's some intervention of what's going on at home or something like that. Right. Because if you just expel these kids and then just let them go to the dark web or whatever the hell they're going to do once they're expelled, then that's not doing us good as a society. I wonder if the answer, because I, I mentioned this, that as part of this bill, the administrators have to come up with alternatives to suspension or expulsion. If there's a if there's a way, and I know that some schools already do this, a way to do this so that it's in school, you're suspended from that class or even kicked out of that section of that class because you can't get along with the teacher for whatever reason, but that the suspension takes place in school so I'd, that they're not they're not left to the wilds of the neighborhood kind of thing. I'd like it to be a community service thing, diversion. Like if you're expelled, then they have to volunteer somewhere and there's some sort of partnership between the school and you know, a, a, a mission or something like that. I mean, that's a lot of liability, but right. something where the kid is, is doing something for somebody else. Cause that can help a lot too. I, I, that's a fantastic idea. Hey, thanks. How come you don't write laws? I don't know, but you know what? Maybe that's the future. It's never too late to be who you might've been. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Okay. You can call me congressperson. I won't. No. I will not. You will not. I will not. Which one do you want to do? Do you want to do the fire story or the justice-involved persons? <sighs> I think we'll do the fire story. We could have talked about that in the break. Okay, I know. But uh, apparently that's what we're doing. It's Bakersfield Radio. It's all open. It's it's called it's open true. source. It's transparency is right. what we provide here. Yeah. I think I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Gary and I mean, Shannon. since we're being honest... <laughs> Might have a little dirt on my boots, but I'm taking you uptown tonight. Might have a little mud on my wheels, but they gonna shine with you up inside. Gonna hit the club, gonna cut a rug, burn it up like neon lights. Might have a little dirt on my boots, but we're gonna dance the dust right off them tonight. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. They have arrested a guy for that stabbing murder at the Cal State Fullerton campus. This was a guy who took off on foot, took off in a black sedan, left a backpack at the scene containing items that could be used in a kidnapping, such as zip ties and wigs, an incendiary device. We'll find out all the details or more details coming up at a press conference at 1 o'clock. There is a, uh, a weird situation down in San Diego. Apparently a guy involved in a hit-and-run accident in the National City area uh, barricaded himself in an SUV at a motel in the Palm City area. Uh, out on Outer Road, I guess it is, in the Palm City area. Officers trying to negotiate with that suspect who's now barricaded inside that SUV. Apparently some uh, some schools in the area may have been locked down as well. So we'll keep an eye on all of that stuff. And again, the I think the university thing, Cal State Fullerton, they may have a news conference. Is that what you said? At 1 o'clock is yes. what we're planning on. So we'll keep an eye on that. And again, waiting for some sort of word out of the Sheriff's Department about the uh, what appeared to be a very serious incident last night of a sniper taking shots at sheriff's deputies. But... All of the air was let out of that balloon. It doesn't seem to be anything close to as uh, as emergent a situation as it appeared yesterday. So no explanation as to why they've kind of let their guard down. Well, typically by this point in the summer, we are dealing with multiple fires across the state of California. But so far, 
things have been eerily calm. That's okay. It's great because it's giving firefighters time to repair with prescribed burns and offering them some time where they're not all working overtime. Yeah. Uh, two years of devastating wildfires burned one point million. Uh, sorry, 1.8 million acres in 2018, 1.2 million in 2017. Think about that. Millions of acres. As of, as of Sunday, about 51,000 acres have burned across, uh, across the state this year. A year ago at this time, the state was on fire. The Mendocino Complex fire was roaring through Lake County. There was a fire up at Lake Elsinore, remember, uh, in Redding. Hundreds of homes lost. That fire tornado we talked to Alex Stone about was ripping through that city. And and we've, in fact, was it last week or the week before we did a bunch of stories, breathless stories about this was the hottest July on record? Yeah. Well, in Southern California, we saw the coolest temperatures the coolest summer temperatures in the last 10 years so yes worldwide it may have been the hottest july that you saw but here locally it was kind of a normal it's been mellow it's been really It, it has uh the the three states biggest utilities say they have seen fewer extreme wind conditions that would trigger uh, a shutdown of their power lines this year compared with last year i mean obviously winds are the biggest wild card with fires you you get those santa anas moving in and everyone is on high alert the the great news is like you said this gives firefighters themselves a chance to recover because we've seen uh since probably the early 90s there doesn't appear to be uh, a beginning and end to fire season in California. Some of the most destructive fires that we've seen don't come until October, November, depending on how things. I mean, our big fire from last year came on November eighth, and so the, it's not a um, it's not as if the the summer being the hottest time is the worst time. It's bad. But it's when those winds pick up and the Santa Ana winds that roll through at the end of September through October, et cetera, that's when we're going to see the biggest issues. And that this gives the fire departments opportunity to recharge, get ready, and by the way, not spend money. That's a huge deal as well. A bit of breaking news. The man dubbed the Hollywood Ripper for the just violent murders of two women in Hollywood and El Monte has been found sane at the time of the crimes. A jury found that he was sane, which means that Michael Gargiulo does face a possible death sentence, which in California means that he faces life without parole. Yeah, you just paid his rent for the rest of his life. So um, there is an ongoing dispute as well that we may talk about in Swamp Watch between South Korea and Japan. South Korea says it's going to terminate an intelligence sharing deal with Japan that had focused on classified information specifically about North Korea. This is an unusual portion of foreign policy, foreign politics, I should say, where international trade relations affect security relations. This announcement came and is uh, probably a setback in terms of the security cooperation with incredibly important allies, South Korea and Japan, in that region, South Korea attributed this decision to this trade dispute with Japan. Uh, two of them have had their lowest point of trade relations, uh, international relations, since the late 50s, probably, maybe the 60s, since they established diplomatic ties. But at this point, they're not going to be they're not sharing intelligence information about what's been going on in North Korea. 
which is the biggest threat in that region. Have you written your goodbye letter yet? I've crafted some ideas. I've got some things I need to say to my friend Jay. You seem a little bit upset about this one. Uh, I just, this means more to me than John Hickenlooper <laughs> and Mike Gravel. <laughs> I know that it sounds, but, but Mike Gravel, I don't think, ever actually got out of that black leather chair that he sat in for his announcement that he was going to run Mike, and the announcement that he wasn't going to run. Mike Gravel's been dead for four years. That's not true. That is not true. No? No. He's, well, he's, He's alive. I won't say he's I don't alive know. and kicking. I, I, I would need proof of a heartbeat on that one. Uh, well, we have to say goodbye to Jay Inslee. Dropped out of the presidential race. I'll read my love letter to him at the bottom of the hour. All right. Coming up next, we'll talk trending right here on Gary and Shannon. Still waiting for uh, official word from the uh, Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department about what's been going on. It's been, uh, who's that, 12, 9, 17 hours now since they said a deputy was shot in the, uh, deputy was shot in the parking lot at the Lancaster Sheriff's Station. Uh yeah, they, they claim that it was a, maybe a sniper in the building there right next to the sheriff's station. This uh, doesn't make any sense to me because they were right there to do the search right away to storm that building and rip it to pieces searching for a weapon, uh, a person who used said weapon, all of that. And that didn't happen. They did detain two people, interview them, and then let them go. But there's no witnesses this is odd. It's very odd. It's very odd. But we'll keep an eye on that. We know the sheriff is going to be at the, uh, or is scheduled to be, at the Sheriff's Department uh, Academy graduating class tonight. I think 6 o'clock is when they're going to do the graduation. So uh, uh, they will, I'm assuming, talk about this at some point, because I don't think he wants to be bombarded by reporters' questions before that. Um, in the meantime, we'll do Swamp Watch at the bottom of the hour. We have another person dropped out of the presidential race that we'll talk about. And uh, what else is going on? Time for What's Happening. Police have made an arrest in that stabbing murder of the Cal State Fullerton administrator. Stephen Chan was his name, 57 years old, found stabbed to death on campus Monday morning. The manhunt ensued, and they say that they finally got somebody for it. They didn't give any of the details of the arrest or the suspect yet, but they've said, if you remember from yesterday... That this guy apparently had a backpack that he threw under the car that may have had some sort of an incendiary device in it, but also had kidnapping tools, stuff like duct tape and rope and things like that that you could use to abduct somebody. Police swarming all over the South Bay and Los Angeles this morning because federal prosecutors announced a 252-count indictment that was unsealed. It accuses 80 people in the United States and Nigeria of participating in those Nigerian prince email scams. We got somebody else, uh, somebody on Twitter actually sent us a version of the email scam that they got. Oh, is it any good? Well, it was. It wasn't uh, Nigerian. It was Tanzanian. There was a guy whose father had stacked away, I think it's $11.5 million in American dollars, United States dollars, along with gold and diamonds of various uh, quantities. And all you had to do was help him get to the safe deposit boxes. I see. So it's like, it's like... uh... 
What's that? What's the ride at Disneyland? I'm having such a Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, it's like that one part of Pirates of the Caribbean where there's all the gold and the money and everything, and it's in boxes, right? Just waiting for us to go open the treasure those up. Chest. Yes, yeah. like at the very end. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Uh, AT and T, Verizon, a bunch of other companies have come together and finally reached a deal with attorneys general to combat robocalls. Thank God. Carriers have signed on to the joint agreement that will take uh, measures to counter the wave of spam robocalls at no cost to customers. I thankfully, I don't know if my saying this is going to cause a problem here, but I thankfully get maybe one robocall a month, maybe on my cell phone. Here's the thing. When you pick up the robocall, it immediately puts you on all the other lists. That's a live person on the end of that. Even if you pick it up and hang it up, it immediately puts you on all the other lists and your calls grow exponentially. Uh, Thankfully, I don't have to answer my phone really ever. I don't have to answer my phone. But could you imagine if you worked in sales or you were somebody who did business on the phone and did have to pick up those numbers that you don't know what they are because it's your business? Right. Uh, Could you imagine living life like that? And uh, seven out of ten of those are robocalls? The uh, Federal Trade Commission's Bureau of Consumer Protection is the one behind all of this. At 1 o'clock, actually, Mona Kosarabdi from ABC is going to join us. We're going to talk more about this and what this means going forward in terms of Shannon not answering her phone ever again. Sarah Huckabee Sanders is going to be joining Fox News as a contributor, focusing on political commentary and analysis for assorted shows on the cable network. Uh, I want everyone who is surprised by this to raise their hand. Oh, nobody is surprised by that? No. Okay. Isabella's not surprised by that. Uh, she's going to make all kinds of money, by the way. Um, I would uh, think it would be funny if she, and not Sean Spicer, was the one joining Dancing with that the That would have been better. Yeah. That would have been good to watch. Uh, how, did you see how much she, she's going to make? No. Oh. How much? Well, you said she's going to make loads of money. I oh, that... she's. I just think she's going to make loads of money. They're, they're they're throwing money at her. Isabella found this gem. It comes to us from United Arab Emirates, and a woman there has approached the Sharia court, and she wants a divorce from her husband. Why, you ask? Because he, I don't know, he smacked her? No. He spoke ill of her and her ancestors? I don't think that that's grounds for a divorce in that part of the world. Oh. Well, what did he do? He loved her too much. She said she couldn't handle him helping with all the household chores. And he didn't argue with her. He never yelled at me or turned me down. She says, I'm choked by his extreme love and affection. He even assisted me in cleaning the house without me asking him. What? You know what, guys? This is proof of that women will always find something wrong with you. That's why I got to tell my son, help, help just enough. They will always find something that you're doing wrong. That's just the nature. I'm going to get a lot of email. She once complained about his weight, and then he went on a diet and started working out. How dare he? How dare he? What an a-hole. What a terrible... I mean, could you imagine somebody in this country complaining because the husband helps around the house? Do you do anything around your house? No. Really? What? Oh, I don't I don't know. I was just asking. Do you think I would be able to get away with doing nothing around the house? 
My uh, my dad doesn't do anything around the house. That's different. He's never he's, done anything it's a around the house. Era. It's a different oh, okay. Time. I I don't think he still. I don't think he even knows today like where the forks are. You know, like what drawer. Like it's that bad. <laughs> they just magically appear. <laughs> well, where it's supposed to be by my plate. I don't know what I'm supposed to do without a fork. All right, coming up next. Oh wait, I wanted to read this because I think it's very funny. One of the things that's trending right now on Twitter is is the hashtag "You are officially old." If I loved that, I spent 20 minutes going down that Twitter hole today. You're officially old if you can tell the weather based on your knees. One of them is you're officially old if you've ever done this, and it was a guy blowing the dust off of a Nintendo cartridge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you're officially old if you remember the 2002 World Cup. Uh, there were a couple of pretty fantastic ones. They were really good. Yeah, that's a good procrastination if tool you re- today. you remember what the Viewmaster was? I don't know what that is. This thing. Yeah. The little Viewmaster. You'd put the little disc in it that had the, like two pictures, and you'd go click, click. Click, 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 click. And there was like eight pictures or ten pictures or whatever, and it would roll around. It was like a tiny little slideshow, but just for your eyes. Did it tell a story? Some of them. Sometimes. Sometimes you would have a, you know, in the higher version, like Slidemaster 2.0, you could put a little cassette in uh, to your cassette player <laughs> and put the disc in your little Viewmaster, and you would click, click along with the story. I remember it. And Shannon's older than me. Yeah. So. Not by that much. But you are. Yeah, but she may have started drinking. Early. We had them in our house. I used them. I did not have the Viewmaster. Seriously. So well, now you guys have ruined my childhood. Someone's birthday's coming up. <laughs> it's All not right. yours, but someone uh, <laughs> Coming up next, my favorite story of the day. I don't know what it says about me that at uh, least four people sent this to me. It bothers me that Blake came in and started talking about this one. Yeah, I don't like it when Blake talks about sex. You should see the face he's making. <laughs> I was trying to remember what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, here's another thing I have. A, here's another question I have about the sheriff's deputy that was shot in Lancaster last night. Yeah. If there was a threat, the sheriff's department would not allow every television station in town to set up just outside the perimeter of the sheriff's department. There's that, too. They wouldn't allow that. Or they would make a very strong suggestion Hey, we can't tell you where to go, but this is not safe. You're not safe here. The entire city of Lancaster would be blanketed with police right now, turning over every stone. There was one suggestion, and I love the I love uh, the internet because of this sort of thing. There was one guy who suggested that the the sheriff's department was shooting at its own station in an attempt to then go through and you know kick down doors and knock heads together. Hmm. Which isn't what they did. No, because if that was the case, they'd still be doing it, wouldn't they? I mean, if it was a, where's the sheriff? I don't know why he's not getting out in front of this thing. All right, favorite story of the day. 
Residents in Connecticut have turned a wooded conservation area in Fairfield, Connecticut. I thought just the fact that I ate cake and nothing else was what made me sick today. I'm pretty sure it's this story. How dare you? Six people between the ages of 62 and 85 have been arrested and charged with breach of peace and public indecency. They were going at it in this park. Yeah. Hashtag you're officially old if you consider the Grace Richardson Conservation Area the sexual playground. Ages 62 to 85. Get it on. The oldest couple, uh, 82-year-old husband, 85-year-old wife. (laughs) Now, here's my take on this. Richard and Joyce. Here's my take on on Richard and Joyce. Right. Go for it. If Richard and Joyce are still banging around in their 80s, let them live their life. Let them do what they're going to do. God bless them that they're still able to engage in this activity and that they still want to do it with each other right i mean they've probably been together a really long time stop the hand motions i can't abide by that uh, they've probably been together a long time you know 40 50 years 60 years something like that and they're still attracted to each other and they're still banging around good for them who's the a-hole police officer that's going to arrest Poor old Richard and Joyce. Let the let the seniors have their sex park is what I'm saying. This is government overreach. I have a I have a secondary question. What? When cops first got the report of lewd and sexual activity going down in the Grace Richardson Conservation Area, they decided to launch an investigation a little more than a week ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, officers and detectives with the special services unit and the quality of life unit conducted surveillance and allegedly observed multiple violations. So they're voyeurs. They're voyeurs as well. And who, when their uh, commanding officer says, uh, uh, Officer Farron, I know you've done a great job in the quality of life unit. We've got a hot tip for you. We're going to go out to the Grace Richardson Conservation Area. Apparently, there's some old people banging around. That's the thing. There must be no crime in Fairfield, Connecticut, that they would put any resources on the old people in their sex park. Sex park. Sex park. Internet searches show that there there are advertisements on a city hookup guide for the Grace Richardson space. Described as a meetup spot. There are several other locations listed, all of which are now being monitored by police. Can we, can we talk about Richard and Joyce for a minute? Keeping it fresh? Keeping it fresh in their 80s by uh, doing, doing the sex outdoors? You know, they, they're in their 80s. They've uh, probably exhausted all other locations. Hey, do you see what their last name is? Butler. Yeah. Do you know what the headline in the, uh, in the Fairfield newspaper was the other day? The butlers did it. That's cute. Did you just come up with that? Yeah. That's funny. It's not really that funny if you can't laugh at it, but you just it half was, smile it, it, and go, it was, that's funny. It wasn't <laughs> It wasn't Thank that you, kind of funny. It was just clever funny. Just You just took me back. I just had like a weird sense memory of when Handel would look at me and go, <laughs> that was funny. I find that humorous. That's funny. 
when really he meant that wasn't funny at all. Anyway, uh, I vote to release these people. I vote. I'm not <laughs> sure that's how our justice system works. Uh, you're going to call the mayor of Fairfield? I don't know. Next Tuesday, this, special election, freedom or prison. Right. This that's is what you're electing. Uh, so wasting resources is what they're doing. Let based on the my, butlers do it. Based on my Google image search of that <laughs> town, though, yes. I, I don't think there is anything else yeah. to do. Because yeah. it looks very nice and very pretty and very quiet. Nothing to do but go screw around in a park. Fairfield, well, Connecticut. Part. Yeah, Fairfield has not really risen to the level of being mentioned on this show very often. Although now, <sighs> I've set up a Google alert for anything that comes out of Fairfield, Connecticut. And Richard and Joyce Butler. I want to see pictures. What if that was your grandma? Go get it, girl. Seriously? Get it. No. Yes. Nope. Absolutely. You would say that or you would just put your head in your hands? You know, grandmas need to live their life too, Gary. Stop it. Stop it. Swamp Watch when we come back. And we could pull this off or push away. You and me have always been so close. Shannon. It's Thursday, August 22nd, KFI AM 640. The one o'clock hour, we're going to get into Tech Talk. Mark Saltzman's going to join us. Some cool, strange science stories that we'll get into. And following the story out of Lancaster, up in the Antelope Valley, a uh, sheriff's deputy, 21-year-old sheriff's deputy, rookie, shot in the shoulder yesterday. Uh, but it's it's odd that there's not a whole lot of excitement about it today. Um, John actually wrote in and said maybe he didn't secure his duty weapon and he dropped it and it went off. Yeah, I mean. Well, listen, if that was the explanation, okay, then say that. They should come out with it because to think that we have a sniper taking shots at officers on the loose is worse, much worse than this officer made a mistake. Right. And I mentioned that the sheriff himself, uh, Alex Villanueva, hasn't come out and said much of anything about all of this. He did tweet last night. Uh, one of our deputies was involved in a shooting. But do you notice the language of that is very different than one of our deputies was shot? Yes. Uh, our deputies, thankfully, in stable condition, will provide information as it becomes available. Again, that was uh, yesterday. This morning, uh, he was at a... Um, this morning, he tweeted a picture from... A an event last week, which is weird. Two hours ago, he tweeted a picture and said, Last week in Rosemead, I was the keynote speaker at the Chinese American Federation's second public safety seminar. What are who, who that's last year? I mean, I'm sorry, that's last week that he what is he trying to create a diversion? That's just an odd who runs that Twitter account? I don't know. It's Is it him? And if your officer was shot at by a sniper, yeah, how about an update on that? Y- how about an update on that? And how about the tweet in regards to that is a sniper shot at one of my deputies and we're uncovering every rock in Lancaster to find this guy. Oh, and by the way, I'm there, too. I'm here in Lancaster looking for this guy as well because I don't want my guys being shot at. It, it, this doesn't make any sense. All right. Uh, time for Swamp Watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Drain the swamp. Drain the swamp. Drain the swamp. Swamp watch. 
Bernie Sanders has a plan to fix the globe. He's released a $16 trillion climate plan. $16 trillion. Calls for the United States to move to renewable energy across the economy by 2050 and declare climate change a national emergency. How much does that cost, declaring climate change a national emergency? Officially? Yeah. Uh, after you write it up on some new uh, official climate change emergency stationery, yeah, maybe maybe a hundred thousand bucks. <laughs> I I am not in disagreement that there are problems with the climate that we need to address. Absolutely, I am in disagreement with the idea that the best way to solve it is to throw sixteen trillion dollars of money that does not exist at the problem. Isabella, will you bring me all of my unicorns from the office? Because I want to play with them. Not really. It can stand down. <laughs> but let's get our unicorns out. Let's me. get our proverbial unicorns out and play with them when we talk about a, a $16 trillion plan. She treated that as a legitimate request. That's because she kicks ass. Yes. Uh, one of the ideas is sourcing 100% of, a, of the nation's electricity from renewable and zero emissions power. Also, again, something I don't have a problem with. I love the idea that every new house has solar on it. I love the idea that we find new ways to stop burning fossil fuels to provide our electricity. But 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 weird mandates uh, that, that suggest that it is possible in five years or ten years is ridiculous. He wants $2.18 trillion in grants for low- and middle-income families to weatherize and retrofit their homes and businesses. They want to reduce the residential energy consumption by 30%. Buy a jacket, for God's sake. You're assuming that people that don't have the uh, the new windows and all that stuff are running their AC willy-nilly, when they're probably not. By the way, he did this. This is prior to the problem I have with all of this, conflating issues here. He did this announcement yesterday. Do you know where he was? He was in paradise. He was in paradise because of the campfire that wiped out thousands of homes. There is nobody that should use paradise as a political backdrop. Especially when the issue was not just the fact that the forests were dead and dying. No, it was PG&E. Right. Yeah, there's just a misuse of a backdrop there. And the people in paradise should have should have thrown wadded up pieces of papers at them. Because that's more likely to knock them over than any... I didn't like that. When are you going to do your love letter? I'll to, do it when we come to back. To Jay Inslee. Okay. Uh, I, I do want to mention um, a, a couple of things when we come back specifically about the Democratic candidates for governor outside of, uh, what's his face, outside of Bernie Sanders. Uh, or I should say alongside Bernie Sanders is the fact that he and Kamala Harris are already setting their sights on California as the be-all, end-all for their campaigns. If Kamala Harris cannot win the California primary, that's the end of her campaign, period. But Bernie Sanders has already promised he will win the California presidential primary when it comes up in March. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the poll numbers for Joe Biden, the enthusiasm gap, and... Well, they're not running for president anymore, but uh, John Hickenlooper and Jay Inslee do have other plans. Oh, gosh. I woke up this morning and I said, what are John Hickenlooper and Jay Inslee's future plans? God, it's just been a burning question in my heart. There was a Hickenlooper-Inslee-shaped hole in your heart.
Good well, Lord. we'll fill it. Gary and Shannon. <laughs> uh, We're dropping money on your booty. Monica Man. Rick says the lady. We don't fill any holes on this show. Thank you. <laughs> Crazy. That was a good poll. I really like that poll. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Top of the hour, we'll talk more about these telecom companies and the attorneys general from a bunch of states announcing a pact to combat robocalls. Mona Kosaravdi is going to join us and talk about that. Followed a couple of stories. The uh, shooting involving the uh, deputy in Lancaster yesterday. Still waiting for some sort of an announcement from the sheriff about what exactly happened or where they are in the search for the sniper. Finger quotes now, it sounds like. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that. Also, in one uh, sometime in the 1 o'clock hour, we're expecting a news conference out of Cal State Fullerton. Apparently, they have uh, finally arrested somebody who may have been involved in the stabbing of uh, a retired administrator in the parking lot there uh, just the other day. Joe Biden has great poll numbers, right? He's just coasting along in all the polls. Show They show him way ahead of his Democratic rivals in hypothetical matchups against the president. But in Iowa, where all of this is going to kick off, it seems like there's an enthusiasm gap, is what they're calling it. That... The feeling that his wife talked about when she said, you may like another candidate better, but you have to look at who is going to win, that that may be the way that people are feeling in Iowa. They're they're holding their nose and they're voting Biden. They may not agree with everything. They may get cringy when he makes the gaffe after gaffe after gaffe that he makes, um, but they're still going to vote him in. Yeah, but the, the enthusiasm. I've heard John Thomas talk about this a lot of times as well. The enthusiasm. The enthusiasm for somebody like Donald Trump was very high, even if his numbers weren't as high as people thought, at least not in the beginning of the elections. After those debates, which uh, would have been four years ago and this week, I think, was the first one. After those debates, people were talking about How him. excited are you about your candidate? Yeah. Matters. Because if you can look at at that enthusiasm, that tangible love that you saw at the Donald Trump rallies, you know that there's a lot more than you're seeing, I guess you could say. You know, there's a lot more than are showing up in the polls. And Joe Biden just doesn't have that that buzz. You know, you're seeing it with like Elizabeth Warren and her people, very enthusiastic. But with Biden, it's kind of just even keeled, stability. Return to normalcy, which I think is what he's selling his campaign. You no one's going to jump out of their Barca lounger to get up and applaud what Joe Biden says. But if you're Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or some of the younger candidates, even um, I would say even Andrew Yang has more enthusiasm yes. in terms of the, the well because they the have fans fre- they have fresh him. ideas. They all want to do new things that haven't been done, and yeah. Biden is not that candidate. No, he's just a sort of a retread of what we've seen before. Um, the ongoing fight, it looks like, for the California primary is going to be interesting. Of course, 
the biggest prize in the presidential sweepstakes, 495 delegates, is a, a gamble for both Kamala Harris and Bernie Sanders. I think we're going to see the two of these, uh, the two of them spend a lot of time in the next several weeks and months in California, even though we come after Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina. There is a, a push on by Bernie Sanders. He wants to establish himself as the candidate, the very dominant candidate he wants by early March and has a huge major plank of that campaign is the Bernie Green New Deal that he unveiled yesterday. Kamala Harris, meanwhile, we talked about this earlier in the week. After that second debate, she's fallen on very hard times poll-wise. She came across as defensive and angry, and she was just outperformed. Uh, She also went after Biden, which is not a good look. She went after Biden in the first debate. I mean, she did have an emotional moment, and I do think people connected to her in that moment. But then once you kind of did the postmortem on the debate, she was trying to take down one of the Democrats' uh, Guys on the pedestal, there was no- you know, and then they went after Barack Obama. You can't attack Joe Biden and Barack Obama to Democrats. Yeah, and I think there was no follow-up to that. I mean, if she yeah. landed a punch in that first debate, you know, I was that girl. Right. She, it just felt like there was nothing after that. There was no, they didn't capitalize on the fact that she had such incredible, you know, such a good performance well, numbers-wise. And that's that. the thing. I think it was a good human moment, but I don't think the facts were entirely there for her to ride that wave any further because of Joe Biden's record on civil rights issues. Uh, we talked uh, last week, John Hickenlooper dropped out. The former governor of Colorado entered his presidential campaign. He did announce today that he is running for Senate in Colorado, instantly making him one of their best hopes to uh, to retake the Senate next year the other thing is that jay inslee announced that he is going to run for third term as governor which means he is out as a candidate for president there's just no way for the jay inslees of the of the uh, candidates to break away from the pack there's just no there's no spot for them to do that this this time around well he knew that going into it um and in fact in part of my my love letter to Jay Inslee, which I have to write since he's on my presidential election fantasy league team and he's now dropped out. Uh, I'll, I'll take issue with, with his suggestion that maybe a dark horse candidate from an unknown state that nobody understands or gets would be a candidate. Anyway, there's my love letter to the now former presidential candidate, Governor Jay Inslee. Dear Jay. Not Jalen, not Jason, not J-Bob, not Jim, not John, just Jay. First, Jay, I want to thank you. Thank you for being the rare politician who simply represents his hometown, or in this case, his home state. Never represented anything other than Washington. Not a carpetbagger, no fake addresses, born and raised in the evergreen state. You represented the people you were elected to represent. Well, until that pesky little 1994 assault weapons ban that your vote in favor of got you bounced out of Congress. But then you didn't give up. You moved, which I guess is different than what I said at the beginning. But listen, you became a regular on that small plane that takes the Washington State Congressional Delegation back and forth to D.C. I mean, how many of you were there? Seven tops? I loved your work in Apollo's Fire. Igniting America's Clean Energy Economy. It's a fascinating read. (laughs) 
I'm sorry. And I, like you, am a sports fan, although basketball's not really my thing. And I understand you're a card-carrying member of the Hoopaholics, the charity that's uh, dedicated to the treatment of old guys addicted to basketball who can no longer jump. I didn't like the fact that you thought that Jimmy Carter and Bill Clinton should be used as examples of great presidents from small states, governors who nobody really knew who they were until they ran for president. But the final thing, the final straw, is that you took to TV to announce the fact that you were going to drop out of the race for president. You went on the Rachel Maddow show to say that you weren't going to run for president. That's the weakest stream of all. So, Jay, sorry. Maybe next time. Good luck with the big dig, baby. The what? With the big dig. You know that big tunnel that they're supposed to build that they built in Seattle? And I guess they're getting rid of the they're getting rid of the viaduct now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember oh, that. Yeah, yeah, Jody. Been there. Good luck with the heroin, too. That's a, that's a big deal up there. Good luck with the heroin, too. We are going to go to this press conference now in Fullerton. This is about the arrest of the man who stabbed and killed that administrator at Cal State Fullerton. Again, it is our hope that the arrest of Mr. Vo will bring a sense of safety and security back to the Cal State Fullerton campus and the surrounding community at large. At this point, I'd like to turn over uh, the microphone to the president of Cal State Fullerton, Mr. Fran Vergy, for a few comments. Good afternoon. Uh, I come today to you with a heavy heart, with a heart full, with a heart that's full of emotion and love uh, and caring, but also a deep sense of loss for our community. We, uh, as a Titan family, have suffered a devastating tragedy uh, that's hit close to home. Our hearts are with Stephen Chan and with his family and everyone in our campus community. I want to personally commend the Fullerton Police Department, uh, the lead agency in this investigation, along with our University Police Department and all the law enforcement officers from around the Cal State University, from nine different campuses, who have worked tirelessly in, uh, to identify and apprehend uh, a suspect while working at the same time vigilantly to protect the health and safety of our Titan community. I want to be sure to note that from the moment the call came in on Monday morning, these officers, our university police and the Fullerton PD, they ran toward the danger. They worked immediately to try and save uh, Stephen's life. And they immediately began tracking and hoping to apprehend uh, the suspect. It was only their vigilance and their professionalism and their dedication that allowed us to be confident that there was not an immediate threat to the campus and allow us to avoid a shelter-in-place order. That decision allowed law enforcement to immediately go about protecting the campus while not detracting from searching for the suspect. Uh, these men and women in uniform are my heroes day in and day out, and I salute them. I'm equally grateful that this investigation led to this arrest, um, and, but at the, at the same time, it didn't detract from the number one priority, which was providing for the health and safety of our campus and our community. 
from the moment the call came in up until the present. Gary and we Shannon, substantially we are going to break away from this press conference and monitor uh, the details of this investigation. What we do know is that they say the suspect they have arrested for this murder on the campus of Cal State Fullerton was a 51-year-old co-worker of the victim. They'd originally said that he was much younger than that. He said suspect. he was in his 20s. Yeah. Um, so, again, they haven't said much about the motive, if there was a disagreement between these two, if there was some ongoing long-term fight, perhaps. But uh, but they did make an arrest, 51-year-old man, at his Huntington Beach home for the murder uh, on the Cal State Fullerton campus from earlier this week. Well, it looks like large telecom companies and attorneys general from every state are set to take on robocalls, what they are going to do about those. We got a robocall from Mona Kosar Abdi. <laughs> hey, what's going yeah. on? Gary, your social security has been compromised. Oh, Just give great. me the number. <laughs> Let me verify that number with you. Right. How many times a day do we get those calls? I don't know about you guys, but like I will get at least one a day, and they're annoying at best they are potentially uh harming at worst you can easily think it's real hand over your information uh and get scammed on the other end of the line and so it seems that now these major uh companies for example uh, AT&T Verizon T-Mobile Sprint a lot of the large telecom companies are getting together with state attorneys generals and they are entering into this voluntary agreement which uh basically says that they're going to provide customers with with free call blocking technology and also assist law enforcement officials uh, with tracking down the origins of these calls. Uh, It might not seem like a big deal because, again, they're not essentially blocking the calls. They're not going to ensure that you will never get one of these calls again, but um, it's at least a step in the right direction. Were the phone companies making money off of these calls? Why would they allow them to continue considering the nightmare that they created for customers? Right. So I, I... There was uh, a lot of talk on Capitol Hill about how to get these companies to start acting and how to protect uh, customers, but the issue was exactly how do you roll this out? How do you make sure that you can uh, target robocalls that are illegal? Because not all robocalls are illegal. It's the ones that uh, promote fraud or a consumer harassment. And so as they were trying to navigate that, that's when we started getting an influx of these calls. But what's also interesting about this is that it hasn't yet been signed by small companies, these uh, internet-based telecommunication companies, which is where most of these robocalls uh, are coming from. And so Verizon has uh, taken issue with that in the past and has urged um, the FCC to kick uh, these small companies off of the network if they refuse to comply with uh, agreements like this. But um, at least it's a step, and uh, a lot of people are uh, customers of AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, and these large carriers, but um, it might curb it, but it doesn't look like it will end it. I'm assuming the companies didn't act for so long because they'd have to direct resources to figuring out what to do mm-hmm. about this, you know, and they didn't want to pay for that either. Right. Cost is a huge factor. Uh, another thing was uh, there was 
talk um, among congressional members about coming up or forcing these companies to enter uh, into an agreement uh, that would, by law, require them to do something about this. And a lot of the companies pushed back because they said it could be costly. Uh, and that's why what's important about this agreement is there's no deadline involved in it because uh, a lot of the concern was also about uh, companies meeting uh, a deadline that maybe Congress sets. And so, uh, again, it's a start, but it's nothing um, – it's not bound by law. It's not um, something that would uh, ensure fast action. Speaking of fast action, did they give any sort of timeline when we're going to start to see these products that, that you know, the, the call blocking technology that we'll see, et cetera? No, the agreement is voluntary and does not include a deadline. Uh, so right now, I mean, it looks good on paper. It's great that all the state attorneys generals have uh, come together and um, these companies seem to want to do something about it. Uh, what's also interesting, and it's, it's an interesting question to pose, is, you know, when, the, when Verizon, for example, urges the FCC to uh, take these smaller companies off of the network if they don't comply, how much of that is just to their benefit? Um, and, you know, of that it won't take customers away from them, but um, it seems, you know, the American people are fed up with it. We talk about it right now. We, we get these calls all the time, uh, and they could be uh, potentially dangerous. You could be giving away some crucial information. Mona, thank you so much. Appreciate the information. Thank you. You bet. Mona Kosar Abdi there from uh, from D.C. Yeah, I I was saying this earlier. I I only get maybe once, uh, once a month, but I know that there are people who <laughs> – Complain about getting them a few times a day. Well, just and again, random calls. if you have to answer your phone uh, for business, maybe work in sales or something like that, when you don't know who's on the other end, that's problematic because each one of those calls that you pick up, they will put you on another list or several lists because you actually answered the phone. So it would be a real pain in the, the buttocks. Thank you, Forrest. Thank you. You're welcome. When we come back, Mark Saltzman's going to join us for some tech talk. We'll talk a little bit about uh, phones, for one thing, but also uh, Tesla relaunching its solar panel business and AirPods and Air Muffs. Air Muffs. Gary and Shannon will continue. Shannon, KFI AM 640. I wanted to give you a quick Jay Inslee update. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I, I, I know I know he dropped out of the race for president, but he has announced that he is going to run for a third term of governor for Washington State. The Onion wrote up a very funny piece. It, the headline is, his quote, Don't worry, I'll always be here to fight climate change, says Jay Inslee before ethereally turning into a majestic oak. And then at the, end of the, at the end of the article, it says, At press time, Inslee had been burned alive in a blaze caused by a poorly maintained fire pit. Jay Inslee retweeted that today. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> said, I think you'll like my new stump speech. So, good attitude. That is a good attitude. Oh. What? What was that dramatic sigh for? There's a reporter standing in the parking lot at the Rose Bowl with a torn sweatshirt that's got the rolling... St- 
I don't even think that's the Rolling Stones it, logo. So I have a Rolling Stones tank top with the actual logo on it. And I was getting ready today and I put it on. And then I said, you've aged out of this. Uh, but the reporter does not agree. She has not had that same internal dialogue. She did not have that, um, that conversation with herself. That's that's the lip uh, graphic from, I think it's from... Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. I don't think that's the Rolling Stones lips graphic. Well, you should call her and tell her and let me know how that goes. All right. It is one twenty. It is Thursday, which means we hook up with our tech genius, Mark Saltzman. The machines are getting smarter. This is Tech Talk. Brought to you by Skynet. Mark Saltzman, how do you do, sir? Wunderbar. Uh, sorry, you. hold I'm on. Great. My button thing didn't work. It's all sticky. Why can't we get the, the button fixed? Oh, don't blame my fat thumbs, Blake. That's not it. That's not the reason. Whoa, what? I just spilled again. Look at that. That's just a little bit it. of what you sounded like just now. <laughs> uh, Mark Saltzman. You guys are having too much fun. We are. Uh, USA yeah. Today columnist. He is the host of Tech It Out. He is on CNBC. He works many, many jobs. Including this weekly spot with you guys. That tops it all off. Uh, Can we talk about... I am a huge fan. We've talked multiple times about fully wireless, true wireless Bluetooth headphones. Um, Mm. Most of them have been these in-ear models. That's what I use when I'm uh, running around. And they're wonderful. What are air muffs? <laughs> They're not the technical term for them, but they do kind of look like earmuffs. But, uh, yeah, so we all know about Apple AirPods and other wireless earbuds. But there's a startup out of Seattle called Human, and they have developed these new human headphones, as they're called. But they are being dubbed air muffs because they're like AirPods, but they look like earmuffs. So they're over-the-ear you know, the, the, the more traditional sort of headphones that we grew up with, the hi-fi kind of headphones, but truly wireless. And there's a couple of tricks up its sleeve as well. But the idea is through Bluetooth, it wirelessly tethers to your smartphone. So if you want better sound than what your buds can deliver, um, including, you know, microphone, if a call comes in and all that, then this might be for you. They're on sale from 399 down to 259 temporarily. But here's what's cool about them. So yes, you wirelessly connect them to your smartphone or your tablet or your laptop, and you uh, keep that tucked away and you can walk around town with better sounding quality than what earbuds can do. Um, And of course, blocking out more ambient noise, which may not be the safest thing walking around LA, but at home, let's say you're enjoying that. But here are two other cool features. One is that it converts into a Bluetooth speaker. Oh, that's cool. You flick a switch on the side. Yeah. So you flick a switch on the side and uh, because they've got these large sort of 30 millimeter drivers, you can use it for public listening, not just private listening. Another feature is language translation. So if you flick this other switch, when you're chatting with somebody in another language, when you're connected through your phone in an app, it will translate that language in real time into your mother tongue. So kind of what Google had done with their earbuds uh, about a year and a half, two years ago, and somewhat successfully, it's the same idea. Now, I haven't tried these, so this isn't, I'm not wearing my, my critical hat here, but uh, this is a pretty cool feature as well. So 
If you like AirPods, but you want better sounding and more immersive audio quality, then check out, you could just Google, um, you can Google human headphones, and they're on sale, as I mentioned, for about $140 off the normal price. CNET has a really good review of them, CNET.com, one of my favorite tech resources. Man, we are in the midst of uh, getting ready for the next iteration of what will be an iPhone. What are some of the uh, what are some of the things yeah. that we've been hearing about those? Yeah, the rumor mills are swir- swirling as as uh, it always does this time of year when you've got a company that holds their cards super close to their chest, and September is looming, which is of course the annual uh, time that that uh, Apple unveils their new hardware. So nothing too outrageous, and I kind of prefer that because I hate getting excited about some like futuristic feature that never debuts, uh, it's always, you know, a little bit better than what came before, a little bit more evolutionary than revolutionary. But if you're into photography, it looks like that the, the next iPhones, based on the links that, uh, you know, from credible resources that have gotten it right in the past, um, the, if you're into photography, it looks like there's a few things to get excited about with the trio of new iPhones coming. So the higher end ones, let's call it the whatever the successor to the 10s Max will have, should have uh, a triple lens system on the back. So that includes one camera with uh, telephoto zoom, so better than what came uh, before it. So getting closer to the subject without physically going there, going, getting closer. There's going to be another camera for that depth sensing where you can do that portrait mode that looks pretty cool and even new uh, features there. And then a third that would be designed best for those augmented reality uh, features that are that are trendy where you can 3D scan an object and then recreate it. Samsung just debuted that also with their Galaxy Note 10 and 10 Plus uh, that's coming out tomorrow. So, you know, that looks pretty cool. It's got a better front-facing camera. It'll have a 12-megapixel sensor, says, uh, says the rumor, the, instead of a 7-megapixel. So just more detail. That's the bottom line. The, the more megapixels, the more dots or pixels make up the image. So better for uh, front-facing photos like uh, group selfies as well as video calling uh, and so on. So that's, that's basically it at this point. That seems to be the, uh, the rumors. The, the, the form factor seems to be similar to last year's models. And hopefully there's a trick or two up Apple's sleeve where we're, we'll all be wowed, not just with new colors and <laughs> some other things. But if you're into photography, I'm sure they're, they're really doubling down in that space. That They know that we use these devices for, for capturing the world around us. Do you know if I can get the guts of a new phone in the frame of an old iPhone 6? I just don't like that. I don't like that they're so big you can't really hold them comfortably. Yeah, so that's where you've got those options. You don't have to go with the max one, which is like 6.7 inches or something like that. I, I'm hearing rumors of even bigger, like the new Note. But, yeah, you can go with the smaller ones uh, or just go and buy a uh, a brand new but still a year or two old model. A lot of people forget about that. Your carrier sells them or go to a place like eBay. And I don't mean secondhand. I mean brand new but a two-year-old iPhone that hasn't been opened. That's not a bad idea for you as well. iPhone 6, I wouldn't recommend it, but... You know, a smaller iPhone 8 or something is maybe the way to go for you. You're an iPhone guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Mark, thank what, you. What is, yeah, you got it. Shannon, did you, like, Are you were you part of this conversation at all, or were you just geeking out, like, the with the Y chromosome over here? I always have a problem <laughs> of uh, when we talk about the iPhone and the new iPhone of, like, the 
the conversation I have in my head about whether to upgrade or not. You're not going to get it for a couple I, of years he, anyway. Here's the thing. Like, I like my iPhone, whatever, 5 it is, because it fits in my pocket. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I had the Samsung, I think, Galaxy 7 Edge that I adored, but it was too cumbersome, I found. And I also mm-hmm. used maybe like one-tenth of, of all, all the things that it did. So I'm just wondering if I should get one of those like senior citizen phones at this point and just, oh, uh, and just phone it in. You know, I love how I phone. forced you to be part of our conversation. Uh, no, there's no shortage of options out there. I yeah, just wanted so to I, hear all I, your information. It's more interesting. But if your phone is so old that it has a rotary dial on it, it's time for an upgrade. Mark, uh, thank you. Fun. Thanks, guys. Mark Zaltzman. And, of course, uh, you can follow Mark on Twitter. Mark with a C underscore Zaltzman. You can find all of his stuff, of course, on the Tech It Out podcast that you can find on the iHeartRadio app as well. And on the iHeartRadio app, police do say they finally ended their manhunt for the man who stabbed and killed a Cal State Fullerton administrator on, was that Monday? Yeah. Yeah. They found the guy, 51-year-old man in Huntington Beach, a co-worker of the man they stabbed, but they did not give any more information about the relationship between the two. There's uh, still this mystery up in Lancaster that we're not getting a whole lot of answers about. The L.A. County Sheriff's Department, at least according to them, they say they're still looking for a sniper in the shooting of a rookie deputy in the parking lot at the Lancaster station. Uh, He was injured in the shoulder but was treated and released from the hospital. There are some conflicting stories that we'd seen that the deputy reported hearing two shots fired that somehow understood or knew that it was from a uh, high-powered rifle that it was far away, even though most of the other reports suggested that the shots actually came from an apartment complex that looks out over the parking lot. The sheriff himself, I haven't seen him mention anything. There was a Twitter, uh, a tweet that he put out last night that said a deputy was involved in a shooting. But if this was, in fact, somebody who has been targeting law enforcement officers. You got to get your face out in front of this. This doesn't make any sense. Is he too busy in a urination match with the supervisors that he's not going to get out in front of a story where somebody may have taken a shot at one of his guys? The hell's going on? Or, or is this not really the story of exactly what happened? I don't think it is. I don't think that's what happened. But why not clarify the issue? We're not just going to forget about it. It's not just going to go away. Hmm. Maybe that's what he thinks is going to happen. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm desperate to find out this uh, this uh, this sheriff and see exactly what it is that he has going on. Before we get to Strange Science, can I play this for you real quick? Yes. Okay. Um, this is from the Little League World Series, right? And I've said – I don't know if I've said this on the air. I know I've said it off the air to a couple of people. I think ABC, ESPN, or all the associated networks need to put a policy together where they don't show kids crying at the Little League World Series. It's I hard. love watching it. It's hard. I hate watching the kids cry. I know. Me Especially too. like – they're, you know, you're down by two runs, and it's like the bottom of the fifth inning, and you strike out. And the kid, the kid struck out dozens of times already this season, but it feels like it's that more, that much more important. He's yeah. twelve. He's he hasn't even kissed girls yet. Trust me, it gets better. Don't worry about it. This is a coach from the Elizabeth, New Jersey team that lost to Louisiana yesterday, and the coach, Gyro Labrador, sat down. 
And this is post-game. They lost. They're out of the Little League World Series. They're going home. They're they're done, right? Listen to what the coach says to these kids. Elizabeth is so proud of you guys. Your moms and dads, right? And, guys, they are. Dude, you were so awesome today, bud. So awesome. I love the way we didn't give up, man. I love the way we didn't give up. We fought. We fought. You kept it. That's who we are. We're fighters. Every single one of you is going to be successful. All right? For the rest of my life, I'm proud that you guys are going to call me coach. All right? There's dad and there's coach. I love you guys. Look at that, boys. Come on. Family, guys, family. Family. Family on three. Family on three. One, two, three, family. Hey, last, last thing. I need you guys to help me up. <laughs> <laughs> I cried the first down. time I saw that, I and I cried Come now. On. This is the way it's supposed to be. Oh, I love that. Chuck Connors would even squirt a tear for that guy, I think. Oh, my God, Gary. What? Monica, it's not all dirty. Yes. Get your mind out of the gutter, especially when we're talking about Chuck Connors. We have some cool science stories here to tell you about. <laughs> Strange science, we call it. Strange science. It's alive. It's like weird science, but strange. We, uh, one of the headline stories that we've told you about in the last couple of days is the dark skies over Sao Paulo, Brazil. Um, they're talking about this being a global catastrophe in the making, the fires that are burning in the Amazon rainforest. They say that they appear to be human-caused, that loggers go in to clear the area and set these things. Yeah, there was an election of a president, Jair Bolsonaro. 74,000 fires recorded in the Amazon this year. That's up from 40,000 all of last year. Um in it's not the worst uh there were other fires uh, tens of thousands of fires as well here's why it's important the amazon is basically called the lungs of the planet it produces 20% of our oxygen yeah that's a huge number and th- this is not just a uh this is not a wildfire they're saying that a lot of times these fires are set as part of the deforestation this is the way the lumber companies set up to get through some of the main jungly parts of it to get to the hardwoods that that are in the forest the question is what impact does this have well, if in fact if it is i mean if 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 that metaphor of that's not the right word if yeah that analogy of them being the 20 you know being the lungs of the planet i guess that's a metaphor yeah um if that's true this is this is horrible we're smoking well it's going to start emitting carbon yeah and then, yeah, we're smoking. That's a major driver of climate change. So uh, the government, police, the deforestation directly linked there, saying a National Institute for Space Research says deforestation itself has more than doubled against last year's numbers. I wouldn't be surprised if we started sending some resources. Well, by the way, this this is a problem because the, the new president, the one we mentioned uh, that we just elected, the new president fired the head of Brazil's National Institute for Space Research saying that that was fake news. That's not good. We have other science stories, including the studying uh, the whimpering dog sound. It's just as bad as a crying baby when it comes to uh, the impact it has on human people and also why we can cure brain disorders in mice. But we're, you know, 
kicking it back to the whole, not to humans just yet, because mice are, tend to be a lot more acute than, uh, than people. We'll do that when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Looks like the fight between the United States and Denmark that um, began with the president saying he wanted to buy Greenland, them saying it was absurd. Well, fight got a little bit nastier. Danish prime minister, former Danish prime minister, has uh, gone after Trump because he had complained that Denmark only spends 1.35% of its GDP on defense. Prime Minister saying defense willingness is not just about the amount of money spent and that many Danish soldiers have died serving in Afghanistan. There's also something weird about some of those countries over there where it's a requirement you have weapons in your home. Is it like Norway? I think there's a requirement that you have a weapon in your home. It's not... Might be Switzerland. Switzerland, maybe. That sounds more appropriate. It's It's not just defense like we're willing to spend money on tanks. It's we have a population that's willing to fight. Uh, and as you know, as goofy and uh, wooden shoey as you might think some of those people are, it's, uh, what about Greenland? What about Greenland? I don't know. A new study conducted in Denmark concludes that pet owners ah. develop a special sensitivity to all dogs and cats' whines, whimpers, barks, and meows. According to the study, dogs are more effective at conveying distress and negative emotion in their sounds than cats. Of course they are. Furthermore... What's the what's a negative sound a cat makes? Like a screech <laughs> or a hiss? Yeah, yeah that, that's it. Dog and cat owners even rated the sound of a whimpering dog to just be just about as sad or emotionally compelling as a crying human baby. I get that. If you if your dog is whimpering, but the, but I think just in general, dogs have more emotive sounds than do cats. It's kind of the same thing, a, a dog and a, and a baby, because those are two things that rely on you to care for them. It's up to you. Yeah, but if if, for example, my dog got out for four days, I would be less concerned about him uh, <laughs> able to fend for himself than a three month old baby, you know. Even if they were able to walk around at three months, um, they communicate distress to humans. Pet ownership is linked to greater emotional sensitivity to these sounds. I think that my, if you were to ask, my wife would tell you she could interpret what our dog says uh, based on the sounds that he makes. I think. They said that uh, the difference in animal dependence explains why dog whines are rated more negative than cat meows by all adults, even those. People who foolishly own cats. Dogs may simply have more effective distress signals than cats. There's a, I found this out the other day. Dogs rarely yawn because they're tired. When you see a dog yawn, uh, yawn, it's a sign of distress. Oh, I had no idea. I couldn't figure out why when my dog would get in the car, he would, uh, would Oh my gosh, I had no idea. But they get nervous. It's a sign of nervousness for them. And for him, because he'd never know, there's there's like two options when he gets in the car. One, he's going to the park and he's going to just run for miles, which he's very excited about. Or two, he's going to the vet and he hates it. So I can understand his distress at that point, not knowing exactly which way he's going. Oh, and then the story about the mice thing. Uh, Lab mice, of course, have endured a lot for science. When my wife was working in the psych department at UCLA, she said that they would go through mice like it was grains of rice. I mean, oh, boy. Well, she didn't use that term, but I would imagine there's probably a high population of mice that go through that place. 
Um, but that they use it because mice can be used as an analog for humans when it comes to things like uh, diseases or nervous systems, etc. But that there is a reason why we can cure brain disorders in mice and not in humans. And it uh, basically is the difference in the cells in our cerebral cortex and the activity in those cells' key genes. So as much as we want to have them... Uh, as close as possible to humans, it's never going to make the. That's never going to be that close. All right, John and Ken show coming up next. They are going to start it all off with this mystery out of Lancaster. What is going on with this deputy who allegedly was shot at? Where's the sheriff? Yeah, where is the sheriff? Where's the sheriff? Too busy hanging out with his domestic violence friends. I guess. I don't know. John and Ken up next. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm going to get arrested. Stay dry, everybody. <laughs> Drive safe on the way home. <laughs> Blessings. Watch for another episode soon of Gary and Shannon.